0: Just Our Real Estate, episode number 260. Alright guys, thank you for joining me here at Just Star Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons, I am your host, and today I've got a great show for you. I've got something cool lined up, some cool content that I want to share with you, and I'm excited to do that. But before I do, I want to talk to you about two things. Number one, are you a new real estate investor who really wants to get into this this business of real estate investing, but you're just overwhelmed. You don't know what to do, you don't know where to start, you need some guidance, you need to see some, you know, some some materials that can kind of walk you through through it, or give you the encouragement, or answer the tough questions that you have about your specific business and your specific challenges. If that's the case, and you really want some good uh, content that you can use to move forward and start this business, and do it right, and get all of your your questions answered, and I mean all of them answered, then what you need to do is go to my website, on the front page on the far right-hand side there is a banner for the Fail Fast Flipping program. That's right, Fail Fast Flipping. Why is it called Fail Fast? Because we want you to get out there and get going, get started, just start your business. You're gonna fail, you're gonna have bumps and bruises, you're gonna you know, encounter challenges, but you wanna get that out of the way so you can get on to making money and being successful. Everybody has bumps and bruises along the way in the beginning, but if you get out there and fail fast, then you can move forward and be successful. So go to my website on the front page on the right hand side, there's a little banner for the Fail Fast Flipping Program. Click on that link, go to the page and check it out. It'll give you all the information about the program before you ever make a decision to jump in and and get started. And there is a 30, 30 day money back guarantee. I'm telling you, there is no training in real estate, anything close to this for anywhere near the price, and honestly, for any price, you're not gonna find training like this. I don't care how much you're willing to spend, you'll never find training better than this, and the price is a- incredibly reasonable, so go check it out. I know you're gonna love it, especially if you really wanna get yourself going in the right direction and avoid a lot of the pitfalls along the way. Now, if you've been in the in the industry for a little while, if you're generating leads but not getting enough leads, I wanna talk to you about a great lead, lead capturing website and the program that you use to create a great website, and it's called Lead Propeller. Again, if you go to my website on the front page, on the right hand side, you'll see a banner for or Lead Propeller. Lead Propeller is a online software that you can use to set up a fantastic lead generating website. Guys, I have one. I'm talking from experience. I'm already getting leads in from the website organically through the internet, through Google searches, and you can too. There's a lot of ways to get leads in this business, but I'm telling you, a way that people are not utilizing to its full potential is online. Everyone knows about realtors, everyone knows about direct mailing. Very few people understand how to harness the power of the internet to bring leads to your inbox every single day. I'm doing it, I love it, I've already gotten deals from it. I think you should check it out. So go to my website on the right-hand side. Click on the Lead Propeller banner, right? Go to juststartrealestate.com. The right-hand side, Lead Propeller banner. Click on it. Check it out. Again, you can read all about it before you make a decision. Make sure that you enter the promo code, juststart. If you decide to get a, a, a... Uh, lead propeller site and you'll get one month to try it for free so you can start generating those leads before you ever pay a dime for it. I suggest you do it. Go check it out. You will be happy guys that you did. I love mine. Okay, let's dive into the show. All right, thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you being with me, and I'm excited to have my guest on today. It is someone that I work with. He's in my local market. He's a wholesaler in my local market, and I've done business with him, and I love talking to people that I've actually done business with because I know they're the real deal, and Steve is the real deal. Who I'm talking to today and who I'm introducing you to, and we're gonna get into his business, is Steve Londo, and he is a wholesaler here in Michigan, and a successful one. This is this is a guy who you know I really I really look to when it comes to wholesaling. And I've talked about it on this podcast that I'm I'm starting to do some direct marketing and starting to do a little bit of wholesaling myself. I'm a newbie at it. I, I, admittedly, I'm a house flipper. That's where a lot of my experience comes. But Steve is a wholesaler and he's a really good one. And like I said, we've we've done business together. So, you know, I, I know he's the real deal. I know him. I trust him. I like him. And I really think a lot of him and how he runs his business. And I asked him to come on the show. Because I think it's going to be really valuable. Because I can talk about house flipping all day long, but I want to be able to bring people to you who are really good at some of these other aspects of real estate. And wholesaling is something that that I, I really want to get better at myself. And I want to help you out if it's something you want to do. And uh, this is the guy to help us all. So welcome to the show, Steve. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're extremely busy. I know firsthand because I have tried to get together with you before, and I know it's tough for you sometimes. You have a tough. You have a big. You know. A, a heavy schedule and you have a lot going on so thanks for being here man I appreciate it Yeah thanks Mike I appreciate having me on Yeah this is going to be cool because like I said I'm I'm doing you know I'm not a wholesaler and I, and I don't think that I ever will be that like a wholesaler necessarily I don't think it'll overtake my house flipping but I am dabbling a little bit, so I'm kind of a newbie, and it's exciting for me to talk to someone who's who's doing it full time. Like that is what you are. You're a wholesaler, and I, and I know you do a lot of things in in, in real estate and your creative different ways of, of acquiring houses and things like that. But I think ultimately, if we had to put you a label on you, at least from what I have seen or from the the dealings that we've had, you're primarily a wholesaler. Would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, that's that's what I. Classify myself okay. as I say I'm a I'm a full time wholesaler. I'm a full time real estate investor, and I'm a full time wholesaler.
0: Okay, awesome. So we, let's dig into it a little bit, but before we do that, let's let's take a step back. Let's go back uh, and, and find out. And, and I want my listeners to understand what your background is. What led you to this point? What did you do prior to being a wholesaler? And how did you end up where you are now?
1: Well, Mike, I started in real estate in 2006. I was I worked at a title insurance company for many years, since probably the mid '90s. And I started learning. I, I always wanted to be an investor. I always wanted to buy and flip houses and all that kind of stuff. I saw the uh, the old Carlton Sheets infomercials and things <laughs> oh, man, like that. You're like most yourself people. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I I met an investor at one of my title companies that I worked at in '06, who was doing uh, short sales. He was flipping short sales in Detroit. And so I was introduced to the business that way a little bit. And throughout the next few years, I did a, a few short sales here and there. Um, acquired a few houses using creative financing and things like that. <clears throat> and then 2009, um, the market melted down and I focused entirely on short sales for the entire year.
2: Okay.
1: So all of 2009, 2010 was short sale and most of 2011 was short sales, full time short sale flipping event, essentially wholesaling short sales. Um, but we, we used the MLS and we, we did a lot of things that um, were sort of cutting edge at the time and ended up being uh, loopholes that got closed by the banks that didn't want us doing what we were doing. So we moved on to another niche and we moved on to buying some non performing notes. And from there, I went into wholesaling sort of by accident. Um, I'd always kind of wanted to, to wholesale. I knew it was quick and easy. They always said, "It's not really easy, but um, <laughs> exactly. it is quick money. It is, it is very, it is very simple." <clears throat> I'll say it that way. It's very simple, but it's not easy. Right. Um, so anyway, I've been full-time wholesaling for about a year, just over a year. So.
0: Okay. That's where I'm at. now. Yeah, and, and when I when you first like kind of entered my radar, uh, it was when you were short selling houses when you had that business going, and we, we really didn't know each other. I mean, I knew who you were. We kind of ran in the same circles, but we didn't overlap a lot, and we didn't have an opportunity to meet. And part of it is is, is like my worst. Like I, God, I hate admitting this. I've admitted it on the show enough times that I there's no point in trying to be secretive about it. But <laughs> I'm not like. I'm not, I wish, but I'm not like life of the party guy where I walk into a room and I just start working it. And before I leave, I know every single person in that room and I have personal stories to tell about it. Like, I'm not that guy. I wish I was because that real estate is, is definitely about networking and getting to know people and increasing your network that's one of like the things that i struggle with the most because i'm it, it, despite the fact that i'm i have a podcast and i talk to thousands of people every day it's it, uh, crowds of people not so good one-on-one or a microphone in front of me a lot easier for me so yeah. um it's not something i'm great at i probably could have and should have known you sooner than i did let's put it that way. let's put it that way sure. if it was, yeah. if i was yeah, going yeah. but uh because we know too many of the same people it's incredible <laughs> that we didn't know each other sooner but um but yeah now we know each other and it's cool we've done business like i said and you know you said something um um, you said something that was that was really good in in that you mentioned that real estate is not it's not hard it's it, it's simple it's just not easy and i think i've said that a lot of times too is the, you know real estate investing it's really not something that's just for like the ultra super like intelligent business savvy. It's just there's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of you know real estate investing is way, way more about persistence and and sticking to it than it is about like having some you know super elaborate you know complex plan for success. It's it's really not that. And and, and it's important that you know that people realize that it, it's not hard. It's it's, it's easy to explain. But the execution is where people fall flat a little bit because they they don't execute like they should. So yeah, exactly. All right. I don't know why I just went off on that tangent. I really, when you say that, I, it, it strikes a chord with me because I think people make more out of real estate investing than there really is to it. Uh, it. You know, it's a lot less about the 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 knowledge that you have to acquire before you start it than it is about the drive you need to be successful. Really.
1: Right, and I run into that a lot with people, especially newer people, paralysis by analysis or yeah. paralysis of analysis. They just, they, they are so worried about what they're going to do. They're not doing anything.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. This
1: business is more about action than, than probably anything else, really.
0: Okay, so you mentioned that you got into wholesaling kind of by accident, right? You went through, um, you work for a title company, and then you're doing short sales. And then, you know, you, you got, you know, that kind of ended, and, and some of those avenues dried up a little bit. So how how did wholesaling start? What was your first, like, wholesale deal, and how did it come about?
1: Well, um, the biggest thing was I needed deals. I needed cash. I needed money. I had this is what I do full time. and I've done that for years. Um, I had some personal things with our family and, and health that really needed me to step away from prior businesses and, and focus on that. And then that took up a lot of our savings, all of our savings. Yeah. And so I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I need money. I need it now, essentially. What's the fastest way to get a check? So I started looking at what's the fastest way I can make five grand. And it just led me to, it kept leading me back to wholesaling.
2: Um,
1: I was doing other things as well, but I kept coming back to, if I can just find a good deal, I can flip it and make a couple grand real quick. And that's what I did. I found a house in Detroit. By accident, I was trying to find, I was talking about a house in Warren. The lady had two. I ended up being able to sell the Detroit one first. I think I made twenty five hundred bucks on this. It. So it was a good, good little first check, and so okay. to speak. And um, it sort of opened my eyes to, a, to two things: number one, I can wholesale houses, and number two, I can even do it in Detroit. And as short sale investor or a rehabber or anything, or buy and hold, I, I I did not do anything in the city of Detroit. I was scared to death of the city. Right. Um it was the Wild West and all oh, you people there's so much fraud and there's all the that, all that's true. But there's a lot of opportunity there and if you're smart and if you know um how to do these types of transactions, there's relatively no risk on my part as a wholesaler. Um but if you're buying good houses, there's not that much risk either. It's just like any other market. Yeah. You you factor it in, you mitigate it.
0: Yep. So. Absolutely. So <clears throat> now <clears throat> most people listening to this podcast are relatively new or brand new investors, right? So, you said you got started out, you found a lady, you had two houses, one of them in Detroit, one of them was in Warren, and for people outside of Michigan, Warren is just a suburb north of Detroit, and then, you know, north of the city of Detroit. So. Um, so how, the the question is though, and for the, for the new people and, and not, you know, this is where people get caught up, right? They go, okay, Steve's successful. And this is what he did. Right. But how did you find this lady who had these houses? What, what, what did you, what, what process did led you to finding her? Like, that's where I think people get stuck. It's like, I don't know where to find a good deal. Where'd you find her?
1: Yeah. That particular deal was a, a service, um, a service called ZBuyer that i still sort of use to this day the leads aren't the greatest admittedly but their their leads are not free you have to pay depending on the county that you're in and it varies depending on how big the county is but there are people that have basically if you have no way to find any leads this is a good place to start for relatively cheap okay a couple hundred bucks a month um and you can get some leads but you can also do that with direct mail and i found her that way But I was also doing direct mail. Direct mail isn't instant, though. And that wasn't instant either. But direct mail is by far the best way to get motivated sellers to call you. I mean, the the best way to get motivated sellers, period, to find leads, to find deals that you're not fighting with or or running into other investors
0: Right. uh, for the
1: most part, for the most part. Right. Right. MLS deals, you got to compete with everybody in the world that wants that house. If there's more than one person that wants that house, you've got a bidding war, you've got a problem. You know, you're an investor. You want to buy low, not get into a bidding war with another investor who wants the same house. Yeah, that is. So direct mail.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So direct mail is the best way to attract sellers, attract motivated sellers.
0: Yeah, and I will say direct mail isn't just for wholesalers, right? It's a great thing for house flippers or even buy and hold guys. I mean, it's just a great way to find deals. And like you said, and this was really revolutionary for me, is exactly what you said. You find someone, and it's like you found this little nugget of gold. That no one else knows about. You're all alone, and you found it, and and you just yep. need to 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 bring that deal home and to sign a contract. But you know you're not fighting with a bunch of other people. It's like it's like your little you know your secret there in the industry. You found this this seller who's motivated. So that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I want people who maybe want to be you know they're interested in being wholesalers. Let's give them a little bit more information. Now you said you know Z buyer was one way, and then direct marketing is another way. Now in direct marketing. You need, to, you need to buy a list, and then you need mm-hmm. to send out letters or postcards or something to that list. So where, where do you recommend or wh- where can some people go to find a list? Where do they find that?
1: Well, there's, there's tons of list brokers out there. I mean, basically, you can buy a list. Um, it depends on what list you want to target. If you, know, you want to target a probate list, you may have to build that list yourself. Uh, if you want to find a absentee owners list, there's multiple sources for that. One of them is called list source. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most popular one.
2: Um,
1: there's like sales genie. I think it's called, there's Melissa data, there's listability. I've used all of them. I've had decent success with all of them. Um, I happen, I use listability the most right now, but it's simply because, uh, I had a discount and <laughs> at the time I signed up for it, I got a discount and, and I kept the same pricing. So, um, okay. it was slightly cheaper than list source, but it was, um, just what I'm familiar with, you know?
0: So, yep. and you're finding good deals on listability, <laughs> I assume. So why, you know, why, why, why change something that's working? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Okay. So that's where you find the list. Now, what are you looking for with the list? Who are you targeting or who do you recommend that people target when they're starting out? What's a, what's a good, a good criteria?
1: Well, what I, what I look for, what I'm mailing to is absentee homeowners with equity. What that means is so they've got more than one house. They have a house in an area that I'm looking for houses in. So I search that by zip codes and it's not their primary residence. Right. So what I've found as a wholesaler, the best, the best case scenario for me as a wholesaler generally is vacant houses. Because if it's vacant, I can show it to my buyers anytime. I can get my contractors in, investors in, anytime I want type of thing. If it's occupied with a tenant, that's great if I'm selling it as a turnkey investment and there's a proven, rent, uh, proven rental history, track record so on with a right. lease and I have a copy of the lease and all that kind of stuff. That's fine because I can sell that to a turnkey investor, someone that wants an ROI, a return on their investment, and isn't too worried about getting in the house and doing an inspection as much as a flipper would be. Right. Um, so I like the absentee owners because there's I always know there's it's not the house they live in. I don't have to wait for them to move out, so on and so forth. Um, I, I've bought houses from, from owner occupants and I, obviously I will, they're just a little bit more complicated because you have to set up showings as a wholesaler. You're not buying the house. You're, you're finding an investor to flip it to. Right. And an investor that's going to buy the house wants to see it before they buy it. Understandably. So you have to set those appointments up to show the house. And if they're, if they're vacant, obviously it's ideal. Um seller occupied sometimes makes it a little bit more harder so but I also target absentee owners for a couple of other reasons besides the fact that I, I want a vacant house or one that you know it's not their primary house um, a lot of times I can find someone that has more than one house so I've had someone call and they've got four five six houses sure and that just leads me that's five six more leads than I had you know what I mean so that's another another reason for the out-of-area owners and the other one is retiring landlords. These are some of my favorites, depending on how, depending on the area they're in, how well they maintain their houses, how realistic they are. Landlords that have owned the houses for twenty or thirty years, I love those guys because they just—they're usually pretty realistic on price, and they just they have just done. It's not emotional. It, this was a great investment. I made a ton of money from it. Now it's time to cash in and let yep. somebody else move on and do it again. And so those are some of the best leads that I find in that same, you know, but they all fall under the same umbrella of absentee owner.
0: Right. Now, before we get too far, I guess I don't want to make any any major assumptions. I've talked about wholesaling quite a bit on this show in one way or another, but just so people are aware, you know, if you haven't heard or if you don't know, you just legitimately don't know. And this is part of the reason why I do this website, or I'm sorry, this, this podcast and have my website is because I don't want... The person who's so new that they just don't understand some of the basics to feel alienated or uncomfortable. So let's just talk about for a minute. I'll just, I'll do it and you can just confirm if I'm right or not what wholesaling is. So, if you're not familiar with what wholesaling is, wholesaling is basically someone like Steve who goes out, buys a list, markets to the list, or some other way. But in, in some way, they get a lead in. right? They, they find a person, a seller, who has a property that they want to sell, who's motivated. They neg- Steve negotiates a price with that seller, and they sign a contract. And then, just in simple terms, Steve will take that contract... He'll go call a buyer that he has a relationship with and say, I have this house under contract and I'm gonna sell like say for example, the house is worth let's say the house would be worth to a house flipper after they fix it up and, and renovate it. It's worth $100,000. Steve will go find a seller and negotiate a purchase price of say $50,000. And then he'll call the, the buyer, the investor who he has a relationship with and say, I have a house and I'm going to sell it to you. It's, it's available for $60,000. And then House Flipper comes in and says, $60,000 is fine. I can make my profit that I want to make. I'll buy it for 60. Steve then assigns the original contract to the buyer and then the buyer is the one coming in and bringing the funds to close the deal, and Steve gets the $10,000 check in the middle. Is that essentially what what a, a wholesaler is?
1: That's absolutely exactly how I, I would have explained it and described it as well. So awesome. yeah. That's, okay, yeah.
0: I'm right. That's good. That's good. So that's what a wholesaler <laughs> is. So people who are maybe getting to this point, they go, wait, wait what is a wholesaler? What is this wholesaling they're talking about? That's what it is, okay? So, all right, let's get back to what you're doing. So I understand how you find your, your leads and, and how you're marketing to them. Now, when, when it comes to marketing, right, there's more than one way you can do it. And I think there's, uh, just to make it, let's not go into the nuances, but I think a lot of times people associate direct marketing with postcards or yellow letters, right? Yes. Which one do you use? Which one do you prefer? Which one have you had better success with? What are your opinions on that?
1: Well, I use both. I use yellow letters and I use postcards. Okay. I like to describe it like this. If I want my phone to ring a lot, I will send yellow letters. If I want better leads but less calls, I will send postcards. And what that means is if I send 100 yellow letters, I'm probably going to get between 10 and 15 calls usually on this current list. That's, that tends to be the tracking. Sometimes a little more calls. um, I may get 18 to 20 calls out of that hundred. If it's just a a, a more fresh area, maybe. Mm -hmm. So 10, 20% response rate. That's great. Well, probably 25% of those calls are just take me off the list. Or they're hangups; they just don't leave any information whatsoever. I capture right. their phone number, but that it.
2: Right.
1: So that's that's one part of it, and then seventy-five percent of those, probably fifty percent of those, are people that say, "How did you get my number? How did you find me?" So on and so forth. And then you know the remaining fifty percent of that seventy-five percent is truly, if if the price is right, they'll sell their house, and it, it could go into a deal. With postcards, my postcards, at least in my experience, I'm getting between two and four percent response rate, typically like 2.9, 3.2 percent response rate. So if I send a hundred postcards, I'm only going to get three or four calls. Right. Um, but those calls are much more highly screened. The postcard has a lot more information on it than the, the yellow letter does. Postcards got my website. They can go direct to my website and read a lot more information about me. They now have my company name and things like that. My domain, they can search a lot more information about me online. <clears throat> um, and they just generally, and they hang around longer. People can throw a postcard on the fridge and keep it there for six months. And they have, and they've called me and I bought their house. Right. Uh, yellow letters don't hang around as much. The yellow letter gets opened way more because while well, it gets opened because it's in a it's in an invitation sized envelope and it looks interesting it's handwritten they open it and that's why the call rate is higher right postcard they know what it is they know why I'm sending something to them they can read it on the postcard and then when they call they're more ready to sell generally they're more warmed up as a prospect as a lead than a yellow letter call but i use both and i use both Every week, every month, because they both work, and right I send both to the same list at different times, okay too so.
0: okay now what, uh, as far as your postcard, right how, what kind of information do you put on that? Do you Is there a lot of stuff on there? Is it simple what What types of messages would would you see on a postcard that comes from you?
1: My postcard is two-sided, so it does have information on both sides around their address there's some elements of handwriting on it so there's like some section that's uh got some under some things underlined like call me now and it's underlined that looks like it's handwritten right on the postcard too so that you know picks up the response rate a little bit too um but generally it's it says you know hi my name's steve i'm a real estate investor in the area i'm looking to buy more houses in your area i want to buy your house at 123 main street so I'm, it's it's also like the yellow letter. It specifically talks about their house, a specific house. So yep. it's more personalized, and they they that does help in the uh, response rate as well. If okay. it was just a generic postcard, it could have been an every door, you know, everybody in the neighborhood got that, sure. and that that's not going to be as high of a response. So, right. Right. but you know, it says that we can close fast. We can pay cash. You don't have to fix the house. You don't have to deal with realtors or paying commissions so on and so forth, that kind of stuff. And then my website's on there um, and phone number, you know, and then it it goes through into the top of the funnel and starts the process.
0: Okay. Now that's a good question. Process, right? I I know, I know you, so I I, I know what I'm talking about here. You have a great system and you do have processes in place. So you're not, handwriting all of your letters personally. You're not licking envelopes personally. You're not taking every single call that comes in personally. Like I know you have a, a business and and you have a system set up. So let's talk about that a little bit, right? When you when you send out these letters or postcards and you start getting calls in, what happens to those calls? How are they captured?
1: Sure. Well, first I'll say I started out I was writing the letters even 6 months ago there was times when I want more leads. I need more deals. I grabbed the yellow pad and I started writing letters and, and stuffing them in envelopes.
2: Okay. Um,
1: and I, I got deals from it. So I used to write them myself, and now I have someone that writes them for me. Um, a few people that write them for me, and then uh, they're part of the process. So, so the phone, the phone calls, the yellow letters, and the postcards both have the same phone number on it. They both go to a live answering service. 24 hours 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Somebody will answer the phone live and they will gather the information from the seller. You know, they, they basically have a script that I've given them. They walk through the questions about the house, the typical stuff, you know, how many bedrooms and bathrooms and all that. Yep. And they directly input it into my CRM and CRM is uh, customer relationship manager. So, That is uh, how I keep track of every lead, every call, uh, every campaign that I'm doing, every deal that I've got in the pipeline. In terms of under contract, uh, when it sells, all that stuff is tracked in the CRM. So that all starts with my answering service directly inputting the seller's information into the CRM. Okay.
0: Once that happens, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I I just want—I know—I know what people are thinking. What is the answering service? Who do I use? Who do I who do I go to? Who do you use to answer your calls?
1: Oh yeah. I right now I use Pat Live.
0: Okay. Good. PatLive.com. It's
1: probably the Live. Yeah, pet It's probably the biggest and most well known answering service for real estate investors. I will honestly say I've had some hiccups here and I'm trying to work through that with them right now. I'm not entirely happy because there's been lots of calls that just disappeared. And when I spend as much as I spend on marketing And on the phone calls themselves and, you know, everything else, and I don't get the leads from it, that's a problem. So I'm working through it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I'm going to be switching. I think they can work it out and and we can find out whether, where the errors were happening, but they've already taken some steps to correct that for me. So every time I get a call, I get an email with a MP3 um, attachment with the recording of that actual call. Okay. Even if it's a hang up I hear the hang up. So I can hear them all myself. And so when I need to, I can go back and listen to those and stuff like that. So but yeah, Pat Live is who is who I'm currently using. And they've been I will say this too, that was the single best decision that I had made to that point was switching to something like that. Because all these calls used to go to my cell phone. Yeah. And that was tough.
0: Yeah, and that's then I incredible. Tried if you're to- getting a, if you're sending out yellow letters and getting twenty percent response rate and you're sending out five hundred letters I mean that's that's just tons of calls coming in. Yeah. Okay. All right, so best decision you've made to that point was using Pat Live. Now I will I will say too uh because I, I do pick your brain and, and I and I really, you know, admire what you're doing in your business, I use PatLive too. I, I use it because you said you use it and it, that was good enough for me. So I, I do yep. use them. I've had uh, success so far. I, I haven't been using them that long. Um you know but you have like you said you, even any service you have to sort of watch and make sure yep. you know keep them honest. Make sure things are happening they're supposed to be happening. You know, call them yourself once in a while and just pretend to be a seller and just see how they go through the process and make sure everything goes well. That's just good Good business, right? Just checking on exactly. your on your employees. So once things go to Pat Live, right? Then they go to a, a CRM. You talked about that. W- you said what it is, and I think people get it. It's where these leads are going. It's a database to, uh, of sorts. What do you use? What, any suggestions there for people?
1: Yeah, and I've used a lot of them that are real estate based, and this is by far the best. It's called Zoho Z O H O CRM, mm-hmm. and it does not look the way that I have it out of the box. I can tell you that for sure. I used a a customization tool that I purchased from uh, a a coaching program that I'm a member of and now a coach for. Um, And it really transformed my business in terms of how I was keeping track. I've used FreedomSoft, which is one of the big ones that's now being pushed again. I've used RealFlow when I did short sales and even afterwards. Um, I use, if anyone remembers, uh, ACT, A-C-T. I used ACT back in the day as a, as a CRM sort of as a way to track my leads and keep in touch with sellers and follow up and things. But Zoho has by far been the best. It's a great tool. It's very, very robust and customizable. It integrates with a lot of things and you can do a lot with it. I'm, I'm not utilizing it near to its capacity yet. Um, but I'm a blast now refine later kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a let's take action on something and tweak as we go yeah. versus making everything perfect. So if it was if I was waiting for everything to be perfect, I'd still be I'd still be working at a
0: title company. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've made an awful lot of money with imperfect software so far. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So all right, great. So you get the leads, they come in through Pat Live, they go into Zoho, they they get you know, they go into that database and get organized there. Eventually at some point, these people need to be called back, right? They left information, they're motivated, or at least they were motivated enough to call and leave their information. What happens next? What's next in the in the funnel?
1: Yeah, so this is one of my favorite parts. I don't have to call them back. (laughs) I have virtual assistants and I have a local assistant, Stephanie, who is a rock star. She's really, really becoming really good. Um, She has been with me for almost a year now. And she was with me previously during the short sale phase for a while. And um, she has learned a whole lot. So what I've taught her to do is to return the initial phone call, call the seller back and screen pre-screen. I want motivation. So, I don't have to talk to people that say, I don't know, make me an offer, right? She can do that. You know, my time's more valuable and I can be spent talking. If I spend more time in front of motivated sellers, that means I'm going to have more contracts, which means we're all going to make more money. So I try to only talk to sellers that are truly motivated. And so she helps screen that process out. And now she's gotten so good that she's not only screening the sellers, she's setting the appointments. She's setting the appointments for me. She's setting the appointments for herself. I've got her now training, going out on appointments herself, taking pictures. Um, I've got some uh, some guys that are beginning to go out in certain areas and do property inspections for me. So they're not negotiating with sellers, but they're going out, taking a 100 pictures of the house, every angle, every room, every nook, every cranny, and uploading them along with a basically a checklist to Dropbox for me to look at and make my offer if I haven't already, you know, made an offer. So, so the leads come into Zoho and they're, they're automatically put into a pre-screening task or a pre-screening lead status. And that pre-screening is just, you know, she's, that's when she's screening for motivation, trying to find out what, what. um, where they're at in terms of, is this something that we can do a deal with? If, if it's not, we want to blow them out of the water as quick as we can and focus on people who we can. So okay. after pre-screening, it'll switch to um, pending inspection. And that's where either Stephanie, myself, or one of my inspectors will go out and do their, their part. And then each stage in the process has a status and each status in the, in the CRM, has tasks that are assigned to various people in the in the business me stephanie a va in the philippines or a local in, in, inspector or somebody like that every every item has a task and every task has a, a, someone that it's assigned to
0: okay now when you, these people call in through pat live they're given all the basic information square footage number of rooms how much they owe i assume you know maybe what they'd be willing to sell for those kind of things so when stephanie calls you said she's she's screening for motivation right she wants to find out who's yeah. really motivated how does she do that what 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 did you train her to ask them what types of things would she ask to find out if they're truly motivated
1: well the first thing I taught her was a three-step sales process call them by name always agree and ask questions okay. so what when you're talking to that prospect or that that seller you always say their name i prefer to use their first name if possible if they're elderly or they're a little bit older i may call them mr or mrs um, but generally i just try to try to call them jim hey jim how you doing today you know right. and i try to get them talking about their house about their pro- the problem why do they want to sell i want to know why they want to sell but i don't always want to just come right out and say why do you want to sell so i i sort of try to make them tell me that story, the real story of why they want to sell the house. And right. so I taught her some of those keywords and, and keep ways of, of asking things and, and turning it back around to get what you want. So you're, you're dealing with a seller who maybe says, yeah, I don't know. You, you sent me the letter. You, you tell me, what do you want to offer me? You know, Mike, right. I understand that. We we mail letters to a lot of sellers. Let me ask you this, if I could pay you all cash and close whenever you want, what's the least that you would consider? And the way that I phrase that is very specific in a, in a couple of ways. I called them by name, I agreed or understood that what their concern was, and then I asked them the question. And the way I asked them the question, I didn't ask them to commit to anything. I just asked them to consider it. Well, what's the least that you would consider? What's the least that you would think about? Right you know, and, and then they will usually answer, Oh, I don't know. They know, they always know. Yeah. They always know what that number is. They don't want to tell you cause they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be too low or they, they may think they're they're They want to be too high. So, right. but questions like that, get that information out of them. But then even more so is the, why do they want to sell? Do they just want to retire? Okay. Well, what are you going to do with the money when you retire? Cause then I can use that, motivation as a negotiating tool later on, or I use it to get the deal. So they want to sell because they want to move and be closer to their grandkids in Florida. Okay, great. So every time I talk about them wanting to sell their house, I'm going to say something like, so when I buy your house, so it's not if, it's a a when I buy your house. When we get this wrapped up, you can go and be closer to your grandkids. So I can't wait to get this wrapped up, Mike, so that you can go and be closer to your grandkids. Isn't that going to be great? Yes, it is. And so it's a lot of that kind of thing. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time to really learn that. But again, she just started calling people back. And she set me on appointments where people were not motivated. It just happens. I've set appointments myself where the seller was not truly motivated.
0: Now, and what I is it, now, what, does a went, what does a non-motivated seller sound like on the phone? What, what would tip you off now with the experience you have where you'd go, not motivated, not going to go out there, not going to waste my time?
1: Yeah. Oh, Zillow says, no, actually, I'm just kidding. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it's usually, um, well, I'm not going to just give it away. That's one that's usually a, an indicator. Not always, because there's sometimes where that's a defense mechanism. But generally, it's the the uncooperative ones, the ones that don't want to tell you about, well, why do you want to know that? Right. How many bedrooms the house has? Because I'm interested in buying it. I'd like to know if it's a two or a three bedroom. You know, well, how much is it rented for? That's none of your business. Oh, okay. Do you want to sell the house? (laughs) Maybe. Okay. That's not a motivated seller. So, but you can still work through them on the phone to where I'd rather invest five minutes on the phone with them now and find out and ask all the questions and try to get to where I need to be before I say, Oh, this is a deal. It's free and clear. I'm going to go out there and see the house and then make an offer because that's wasting way, way, way more time. I used to do that. If there was equity, I would go to the appointment. I would just do whatever I could to set an appointment. If it was owned free and clear and they had the ability to sell it at whatever price they wanted, that was my goal is to get out there and get in front of them. And it just turned into I got good deals that way, but it just turned into way too much time being wasted because I was spending too much time with non motivated sellers
0: now i 've heard some in uh, wholesalers if they get somebody on the phone and maybe they 're not super motivated or you know their price is a little higher than what you could ultimately pay and it 's not worth going out and seeing them and wasting you know that kind of time. I've heard some wholesalers say that they'll always send them an offer anyway. Do you do that or do you just sort of blow them out the door or do you put them in some sort of a a bucket that says, contact this person later, maybe they're more motivated? How do you handle that?
1: Yeah, generally, my my best practice would be that everybody gets an offer. The problem is it, it doesn't always work that way. I don't always do that. That's what I would like to do, though, is where everybody I talk to, everybody that calls in and they don't say, take me off your list, Everybody that calls in gets an actual written offer in email or in the mail. And that's what because I think some of those would come back later. Now, the ones that aren't truly motivated stay in my CRM and they if if I can get their email address, they get put into an auto responder. And every thirty days for six months they will get an email that says, Hey, if you're still interested in selling, I'm still interested in buying. Give me a call or shoot me an email with my Pet live phone number and my email address. So if they email back, I'll go ahead and email and respond back. If they call, they go right back into the top of the funnel and the process basically starts over again.
0: Okay. So, all right. I like this. We've gotten now to the point where we understand where to find a list. We understand how and why, you know, you, you mail to someone and what mechanisms you use and what kind of response rate you can reasonably expect. We found out when the calls come in, how they're screened. How they're how the information's saved and what happens to that that information? Who calls back and and the types of things they're asking? And then you go out on appointments with with motivated sellers, hopefully who have you know who have houses that they, that, that they they're interested in selling and they have you know there, there's like a deal there. Now. Uh, you're creating rapport. We talked about that a little bit, getting to know them, finding out what their triggers are. Why do they want to sell? What is, what's the, you know, usually there's some emotion attached to why people want to sell. Like you said, they want to go be closer to their grandkids or, you know, the, the, the house that they have, their are owner is just too much work, you know, whatever the case may be. So we've gotten that far. Now you sign the contract. Let's, let's, let's fast forward a little bit to that, right? You come to an agreement, you sign a contract, right? What we talked about when we explained wholesaling was now you're going to, I know this doesn't happen every single time. There's more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. But for simplicity's sake, you're going to take that contract and you're going to market that to a buyer and then flip them the contract or or assign it to them, in other words. Okay, so what I want to know now, I feel like we've gotten a lot of the pieces of puzzle put in place. The one piece that I think people out there are still going, yeah, but, is you have the contract. How do you find a buyer? How do you find if you can't find a buyer, you can't close this. Assuming, right, you know that you're not necessarily coming, you don't have the funds to buy it, right? Your 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 intent is to wholesale it, you're not not to buy every single house that you get under contract. So, what do you do? How do you find a buyer? How do you not get stuck with this house?
1: Well, well, I can tell you, I have been stuck with a couple of houses, and that just what happens is you can't close. I don't generally put EMD down, but if I did, I'd lose it. I the most I put down is a hundred bucks. Okay. So I, I've had that happen where I'm just wrong. I just misunderstood the situation, mis-evaluated the property, and either I make a whole lot less or I make nothing at all and I lose the deal altogether. Now that that's, doesn't happen very often. I mean, out of the 50 deals I've done in the last year or so, there's probably three or four that it's happened with. So it's less than 10%, um, but it happens. And it's it's a numbers game, so it's gonna happen. But that aside, the best practice that I found, really, if you have a deal, you'll find a buyer. If it's really a deal, if it's a good deal, there's you can get a buyer. You will get a buyer. Yeah. You tell everybody you know about it. Any investor clubs that you're a part of or RIA meetings or anything like that that you go to, you talk about it. You post it on Craigslist. You post it on Facebook. and you. I mean, you can do all the social media sites. Just get the property in front of as many eyeballs as you can. If it's a deal, you'll find a buyer. And that's the way you start to build your buyer's list. Um, My best buyers are already people that were in my network. I mean, people that I've already been doing business with, people that I've talked to, you, some other people locally that I've done business with or I've known throughout the years. I know what they're looking for. I know the kinds of deals they're doing. If I get a deal in Royal Oak, I know who I'm calling first. If I get a deal in, you know, Warren or if I get a deal in East Point, I know the first few people that I'm calling, almost every city, Redford. If,
0: if you get a good I, deal, I found a
1: deal in Redford. If you get a Go good ahead.
0: deal in any of those cities, call me first, all right? Okay. Forget everyone <laughs> <had a>
1: else. <laughs> and you know who the first person yeah. I call yeah. anything yeah. in Redford is Jesse. Yeah. And sure enough, he's buying the house. I wish I could have bought it myself. You know, this was the best the best rented house I've ever been in. You know what I mean? Like, you walked in, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is probably, uh, I I don't see what I have here to negotiate with. There's no, oh, the house is so ugly, or oh, the tenants are so bad. No, it was a great house.
0: Yeah, so he had a stop, great deal, stop giving Jesse great deals. He has enough going for him. He doesn't need another great deal. Like All that guy that's has funny. is like 30 great rentals now. Yeah, he's
1: got like 48. <laughs> yeah, but that's 48,
0: the- exactly. <laughs>
1: But the other, the funny thing is that's the first deal we've ever actually done together. We did one sort of deal back in the short sale days, but it was more like he referred it to us and then he ended up buying it instead of us. So it was kind of weird the way it worked out, but okay. we, we've never done a deal together. So it was, you know, it's cool. He's my Redford, uh, intelligence expert anyways. Anything that goes on in the city of Redford, he knows about it. Yeah,
0: that's for sure. He was on the show, Jesse uh, Boyd and Mike Dundon were on the show uh, a while back, probably, I don't know, six, six, eight months ago. and uh, Just incredible buy and hold guys. Very smart. Jesse's super smart. I mean, I I jokingly say don't give him any more good deals because the guy has nothing but good deals. But he's a smart investor and that's, that's you're right. And I think wholesaling is definitely, you have a leg up if you have a network and you already have relationships with investors in your area. It just makes it that much easier, right? I mean, That's just it's so much easier for you than just blasting it out and and getting someone who you've never heard of before calling you back saying I want the house. There's some concerns there, right? Can they close? Who are they? Are they for real? You know, you can bypass all that when you get a guy like Jesse calling you, or you call him and say, Hey, I have this deal. Are you interested? If he says yes, done. Lock it up. Don't even worry about it. It's a done deal, right? He's just that kind of a guy.
1: Yep, and that was that's how it was too. It was done deal. We're gonna be closing in like three more days on Wednesday. We're closing. Yeah, but if your brand brand new and you don't know anybody. You don't know anybody in the investor community yet. You haven't been in the real estate business for very long. Go to your local RIA meetings. Mm-hmm. Most of them are gonna suck. But as someone that's brand new, <laughs> that's doesn't that's matter. Yeah,
0: that's exactly well, that's so funny. True. Yeah, that's it's true. true. It, it is true. A lot of them are, are not not great or as you said they suck. <laughs>
1: Most of them are pitch fests. Most of them are, you know, as experienced investors are generally a waste of time. But the networking is invaluable. Even as an experienced investor, I still go to most of the local RIAs because there's always people I know there. I like real estate. I like to talk about real estate. I like to see what other people are doing. So I go for that. I don't go for the, the national speaker that's here to pitch his course. I don't go for... There are speakers that... Even those national speakers that are here to pitch their course are, are have some really good info. So I, I won't sit and try to say that i don't learn stuff when i go to rea meeting but really the value in it in my opinion is what they were made for in the first place and that's networking with other like-minded people other real estate investors right so what you do is you go to that meeting and you look and see who is sitting in the back or who's kind of hanging out in the hallway chatting introduce yourself tell them you're a wholesaler you're new and you want to know what kind of properties they want to buy so that you can find them so that you can find them good properties and not waste their time things like that you can offer to take them to lunch you can offer to the the usual stuff that you get sort of advised to do that's really what you want to do if you're brand new and you don't know anybody but even then let's say you're an introvert you don't want to talk to people craigslist facebook there's a website called postlets and uh v-flyer and, and sites like that where you can blast them out to hundreds of other sites you can syndicate your properties out to hundreds of properties hundreds of websites and it, if it's a deal you'll find a buyer yeah you're going to have to post multiple craigslist ads you're going to have to post it every couple of days make sure you have good pictures you know make make it attractive but if it's a deal it will sell yeah people don't care that you're new if you've got a real deal and I say that, I mean, it's not a deal that you think is a deal or you, you kind of shoehorned it into a deal, which even experienced investors fall into that trap. They want that deal so bad, they shoehorn it into something it's not.
2: Yep.
1: You, like, well, you and I almost did it together, the house in Warren we were trying to rehab. And we just kept, well, maybe if we did, th- no, it's not a deal. We should have, what we no, just yep. walk away. Yep. You know? And that's what we ended up doing, ultimately, because we, yep. we realized, what are we doing here? So, (laughs) but if you know nothing, talk to people, talk to investors. And, and like I said, low ball, if you're really concerned if this is a deal or not, go, go low. If you're not sure one thing that I do with people and I don't really advertise it very much is I will do joint ventures with people. Um, depending on how much work I have to do, it could be 50, 50, it could be, 7525 you know, in my favor. But if you're brand new and you just want to get a deal closed and know that it works, that's something that you can do too is find someone local in your market that'll help you. And that you can, you know, if you work your butt off, if you prove to me that you're hungry and you're going to work hard, I'll help yep
2: yeah.
1: Because I'm busy, but I'll help you. And lots of people will help you. It's when you just want to hand someone a lead, a name and a phone number, and say, hey, this is a vacant house. That's where you're not going to get taken very seriously, or that's where I'm not going to go, you know what, I don't have time for that. But someone that's experienced and, and, and knows the market, um, that's a little bit different. Like someone that is actively marketing, and this, you know what, this isn't in my area, do you want to do you want to take this lead and work it and see if we can pull anything out of it? That's cool, I do that too. But brand new people... You should be looking for someone that you can, basically the best way to describe this, someone said, Jeremy said this to me one day, add value. If you can add value to someone else's business, they're going to take you more seriously and they're going to invest the time and effort into what they can add right. because you're adding value. If you're just looking for someone to show you how to do this so you can make some money, it's generally not going to work out too well.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, anything in in this business is give and take. If All all you can do and all you're willing to do is take. uh, You won't really build any relationships that are worthwhile. Right. So you have to add value to, to really anything you do in this business. If you want to be taken seriously and you want people to honestly take any interest in what you're doing and try to help or get involved, you need to, you know, you need to bring something to the table. So. And everyone has something, right? Maybe it's just your time. Uh, could be your experience. It could be a lot of things, but you need to add value. And I love that. I love that part of it. Now, okay, so we've went through the whole process, and I love it. And, and, you know, wholesaling is really cool. I used to have a very strong opinion about wholesaling, and it's not for beginners and blah, blah, blah. And I still think there's some challenges with beginners, right? If you don't know anything about rehab, if you don't have any contacts, if you don't... Like, you have to have something. And I think sometimes, you know, real estate people... Can make it sound like oh it's like no experience no credit no money no contacts no time you know you're bedridden like it, it like they make it sound like anyone can do it in their sleep it's not yeah. that easy I mean it's simple but not easy like you said so it helps yep. if you have some experience it certainly helps if you have some contacts um, but you don't need a lot right you can get started in this relatively simply but. You, you have to be willing to understand there's gonna be some work to it, and I think that that's been made clear, and I think that the way you're doing it, is so smart and that's why you know my little fledgling you know wholesaling arm of my business that's why I I sort of set it up to emulate what you're doing because I I liked what you're doing and and I've worked with you and I understand what you're what you're about and I and I'm you know I'm impressed with what you have gotten done in a relatively short amount of time in wholesaling so that's exactly why I wanted you on and you know we've went way longer than I told you we would go and I know you're incredibly busy but I do I do really appreciate you Came on and explain your business a little bit. If people want to get a hold of you, you know, if people want to do deals with you, if people are listening and they want, and they're house flippers, they're in Michigan, they want to, they want to buy houses from you, or whatever the case may be. Maybe they're outside of Michigan or whatever. If they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to uh, to get a hold of you and, and get get in contact?
1: Probably the best ways to connect with me are either on Facebook, and it's Steve Londo S L O N D E A U. That's how you spell my last name and uh, email, you know, you can hit probably uh, my first initial last name S L O N D E A U at gmail.com. So find me on Facebook or uh, Twitter, Steve Londo. I'm not on Twitter a whole lot, but Facebook and and email uh, I see every day. Excuse me. And, um, that's probably the best place to introduce yourself to me and, um, and see if I can help you with something.
0: Okay, cool. I I appreciate that, and and hopefully people will uh, do that because, you know, I I, I interviewed someone earlier today, actually, it hasn't aired yet, but let me see. By the time this airs, it will have aired. Okay, so anyways, it's kind of weird. I'm talking about something that hasn't happened yet, but it will have (laughs) happened when this comes out. Anyways, I interviewed someone, and and, uh, one of the things that we talked about was I said, you know, it's unfortunate, but... I think one of the hardest things to find as like a house flipper or a buy and hold guy which I'm not I wouldn't classify myself as a buy and hold guy I'm a house flipper but one of the biggest challenges is finding a wholesaler that's like like legitimate. Like they really have deals. They're not like daisy yeah. chaining things. They're not trying to like flip, you know, they're not trying to wholesale deals that they have no interest in or no, you know, they don't have any any contract or, you know, they're just, it's just garbage, right? They're just trying to pedal garbage and it's really tough to find good, wholesalers. So if you're in Michigan, if you're in Southeast Michigan, especially, but I would say just in Michigan somewhere, or if you're outside of Michigan, but you want to buy houses in Michigan, maybe you want to buy and hold because, you know, frankly, the market here is is incredible for buy and hold. You you really, there's really an opportunity here and people, you know, people laugh when you say, you know, the Detroit Metro Detroit or whatever, they just think about Detroit, but Honestly, there's a lot of communities around Detroit, uh, suburbs that are just phenomenal, mind-blowingly good for for buy and hold. But anyways, if you want to get a hold of Steve, you should definitely get a hold of him. He's the real deal. He's a real wholesaler, really doing deals and uh, you know, it's it's just a great place to go if you if you want to find deals and and you're not able to find them cuz the fact of the matter is right now inventory is relatively low if you're just using the MLS. It's tougher, and that's exactly how you and I got in contact because I was on a mission to find a good wholesaler, and it's not easy. There's a lot of bad ones, like yeah. you said. Are you know RIA meetings? There's bad ones. Guess what? A lot of bad wholesalers out there too, um, who are just trying to make a, a quick buck, and they don't care what they're selling. So, anyways, get a hold of Steve. He's the real deal. He knows what he's talking about, and uh, hit him up if you're looking for some houses. I, I think that that's a, a smart thing to do, Steve. Thanks for being on, man. We, we went longer. It was a great interview. I, I really think there's tons of value here, so I appreciate it. I, I'm, I apologize we went a little bit late, uh, but, but just good stuff, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. Like I said, again, thanks for having me. Uh, one more thing, 313cashdeals.com. If you're looking for wholesale properties, you want to buy and hold in the metro Detroit area or in Detroit. I'm getting a lot of really, really good deals in Detroit proper. I used to be scared to death of Detroit. Man, okay. I, my, my attitude has changed completely in the last 12 months. But awesome. What is that again? 313 yep.
0: Sorry, I just talked over Three. you. 313cashdeals.com. I'll put it in the show notes. And the show notes for this one is going to be Steve Lando. Uh, just our real estate forward slash Steve Lando. It's L-O-N-D-E-A-U. Steve Lando. That's, the, that's, the, that's how you get to the show notes. Go to the front page. It'll be the first one on top. So it'll be a nice picture, Steve, there. C- click it. Go to his website. Hit him up. Call him. And, uh, and I think you'll be happy that you did. A lot of deals going on here. All right, Steve, awesome. man. I, I, I appreciate it very much, sir.
1: No problem, brother. Thanks a lot. Have All a right.
0: good day. Yeah, yeah. You too. Bye-bye. Remember, if you want to be a real estate investor, if you want to get involved in real estate and really do something big in this business there's only one way to make that dream a reality just start